What is the Raconteur Collection? The Raconteur Collection is a show hosted by Jack and Charlie, two brothers who have a passion for anything and everything. You see, the Raconteur Collection is all about everything, anything, and, well, nothing. Do you miss hanging out with your friends and talking about random stuff? Well, we may be right for you. Do you like video games, anime, all those nerdy topics? Do you like deep tangents and stories of unremarkable yet remarkable lives? Join the Raconteur Collection. Follow the life of someone just like you. Charlie, an aspiring writer and super nerd, and Jack, a jack of, <laughs> well, a jack of all trades and fellow everyman. Oh, and did I mention the random bursts of creative storytelling, as with the bonus episodes of Tales of Ephemera? A storytelling show about stories from all realities. Yes, you heard that right. What, are you still waiting to follow us? We'll talk to you soon. Raconteur collection. You might be curious. Wow, Charlie, you sound so different today. Yes, I do. Mainly because I'm having to record over a headset rather than my normal mic. I uh, couldn't stop the crackling coming from my snowball mic, and uh, Jack and I probably, you know, sat there and trouble shot with it for what, maybe 30, 40 half an minutes. hour. Yeah, and, at least uh, half an hour. I was getting real frustrated, so I said, you know what, I'll just do it on this mic, and we'll troubleshoot over the week, so at least we can have an episode that uh, goes up in time. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that's why I sound different today. Hopefully next week it'll be back to normal. Um, before you know, we jump into our topic, though, Jack, uh, how you doing today, man? How you doing on this little bit of a different uh, different start today? A little bit of a, some would say, and some would say this, actually, a new chapter. Charlie, you know what? I'm excited because, as you would say, it is a new chapter. A new chapter, not only in the collection of the raconteur, but also a new chapter in life. Every week is its own chapter. You know what I'm saying? You know, you have, is it 52 chapters a year? I always forget if it's 52 or 54 weeks in a year. Do you know what I am saying? Do you know what I am saying? Regardless, I'm looking stupid right now. I'm going to just continue. You have so many chapters in a year, so each week is a chapter, and write the best story you can. Uh, my week was fine. Uh, Laura and I have been talking a lot about work and how we kind of want to change things up a little bit. I might move to merchandise, and she might move to part-time. But right now, dude, we're trying to work on consolidating our monthly expenses, like our bills and stuff, because it just it adds up quick, man. And yeah, it does. We've been, lo- we've been looking into it, and... The average like payment you'd be making on a house is less than what we pay a month for rent. So it's it's a like lot harder to get a house though than it is to yeah. Uh, it, rent it's just crazy. Apartment. It's crazy to me that like you know, hey yeah, payments on a house are five hundred bucks a month, uh, but you can't get in here for. Hey Ellie, can you not do that please? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like five hundred bucks a month for the house here, but you can't really move in because you don't qualify because of these. Sometimes arbitrary circumstances, but uh, hey, eight fifty bucks a month for rent on a place you're never going to actually own, 
And if anything breaks, you essentially got to take care of it. Yeah, that's fine. Wait, you qualify. Why do you? So your landlord won't take care of broken things? Oh well, I mean, you know, we're like, hey, our dryer isn't drying properly, and then she's like, right. well, just don't, don't run. She goes in, looks at it, and is like, looks fine to me. And our dryer, like, we basically have to dry our clothes for, at minimum, two hours, almost regardless of load size. So it sounds like maybe the dryer that, vents clogged. Dude, we've tried checking the vents and done it ourselves, but we're also like. If we don't want to try to do anything, because if something breaks, it's technically our fault because we're tampering with it. Right, right. So, you know. Also, to talk about just yeah. our old complex is trying to charge us for... Well, they were trying to charge us for the water heater that broke. Because on the... We got it in the mail. Like, hey, here's stuff you got to pay for. A blinds, whatever, you know. Shampoo the carpet that I guess we had to pay for, even though it got ruined because the... A unit next to us flooded and that ruined our carpet anyways but then there was like hey your starting balance for charging for charges that you have to pay us is four hundred dollars and we're like uh excuse me wow so yeah. we dis- we disputed that we got that taken care of and we're like this is bogus we're not paying this basically so yeah we give them a call yeah. and they're like oh we don't know. so i'm going into a lot of you know, no that's fine man that's that's what this but, uh early part you know is for. so but this whole week has been pretty uh you know, <clears throat> pretty a pretty average week. Uh, been playing a bit of Skyrim again. Char and I have been playing a lot of RTS games like Age of Empires and StarCraft, and we have yeah stuff like that. Really so, yeah, it's been a pretty decent week. You know, no real complaints. No real complaints. Charlie, how nice. about you? You know, for me, it's been a pretty good week. I got my second shot uh, this last Tuesday. And so kind of like Wednesday was kind of just like a dud day for me because I was just kind of tired. But I uh, didn't really get sick or anything like that. It was actually pretty mild for me, just kind of fatigued and like, you know, sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, had a kind of a nice four days off. Um, I'll be honest, like not as like productive as I would like, but, you know, on the opposite side of that, I feel like they've been a very restful four days off for me. And that's... Nice. I definitely feel like I needed it. You know, it's been nice to kind oh, yeah. of like just rest and relax and play some video games and just have some fun and like not, you know, worry too much about, yeah, I don't know, everything else. You know, I've even been kind of lax on my working out and stuff. So, but I'm kind of planning on, you know, Monday, get a fresh start on it, kind of get like a fresh new schedule going, going with that. Uh, got some D&D we're playing tonight, so I'm excited for that, you know. Um, nice. But yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been fun, man. I... Of course, I'm still writing. Just been, again, random stuff lately. I got a message from uh, one of her patrons, or Aunt Becky, actually, and she was mentioning to me, you know, some stuff about the story, how she's working on some sequencing things, because she has the uh, uh, test copy of my book right now. For all those you out there who don't know, I am currently writing a book and have, like, some test copies out, just early copies for, you know, story sequencing and stuff, so... But I'm really excited to hear from her. Uh, she said that I should definitely keep writing, that I have a good mind for it. So I'm excited to see what she has to say. I mean, yeah. good and bad about all of that. It'll just be nice to hear back about it, you know, because, man, it's been, what, two, about two months, I think, since I had those copies printed. And I know, like, two months in the grand scheme of things is 
you know, a decent amount of time, I guess, to finish a 600 page book. But I, you know, it's still hard. I think it's just because like, ultimately I'm just, when it comes down to it, I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear. Yeah, for sure. And that that always makes the waiting worse for sure. Right. You know, it's, I feel like in some ways I'm like waiting for the finale of my favorite show. And I'm like, uh, what are, what are they going to think? What's it going to go? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, other than that, work is going well. I mean, work is just kind of work right now. I'm definitely kind of, it's kind of settling in my mind a little bit. And this feeds a little bit into our topic, so I might save okay, it. Okay, but okay, okay. Settling in my mind to, like, look around for some different stuff, uh, especially more, like, freelance work and stuff like that, that I could have some extra income coming in from things I like to do. You know, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that when the time comes. But um, as far as easy housekeeping stuff, I mean, or just how my week has been, pardon, it's been uh, been good. So, I, you know, Jack, I'm ready to dive into this topic. This has definitely been one I've yeah. been looking forward to. And I'm kind of excited to see where this new chapter of the Raconteur collection goes, because, you know, I... Uh, want to do some more like i guess for lack of a better word like thematic or feeling type topics definitely and so we'll see how the reception is and kind of you know i feel like we're at our best when we are talking about things we really care about and so hopefully that kind of comes through even though i sound you know like i do when i'm playing video games with you uh hopefully that doesn't bother people too much so oh dude i i've heard some pretty you know, some of the when you know when COVID was in full effect, um, and people were like, you know, doing podcasts um, like over Discord or Zoom or whatever, you know, kind of like what we do now. Mm-hmm. But man, some of them were not ready for it. It has some pretty bad quality. Like, have you ever watched um, some of the great uh, Game Grumps uh, when they like watch compilations of like you know the best moments or whatever? Aaron has like you know full HD webcam great microphone but like he it's always out of focus <laughs> and so his microphone's yeah. in focus but he's yeah. out of focus yeah. and then dan is like on like a you know 360p webcam and so like when he moves it's like all like it's so like good his lap, like a laptop webcam. yeah yeah it's it's really good um yeah so you know i yeah, honestly yeah i think uh what shines through honestly more so is the personality and oh, I just hit the desk. I'm sorry. Oh, that's a big wave. I'm gonna. I gotta go back and fix that. Or you guys are just gonna hear that. You guys are just gonna hear that. Um, look, I my desk situation is gonna be something that's gonna be plaguing me until you know I can really put some money into a setup. So, anyways, I am down to get started. Charlie, if you want to take the lead on isolation, of course. Oh, by the way, for everybody out there who doesn't know. I believe I posted it in our Discord. Uh, yeah, but the Dead Space remake. Oh my god, man! That's, <laughs> I was excited for that. Dude, looks really so good. cool. Yeah, uh, really excited. Of course, it's one of those things as well that it's very double-edged sword. I love the original Dead Space, and so it's going to be, I think, a high bar for me when the, coming into this uh, remake. But I think their hearts in the right place. I mean, they said like no microtransactions. They want to kind of honor what the original game was, so I'm all down for it. Anyways, oh, yeah, for sure. Isolation. I wanted to do this topic for a couple reasons. Um, mainly so over the I mean, over the past year, year and a half, coming up on two years, you know, we've been dealing with 
COVID and social isolations, as well as, you know, just isolations from friends and family. While that will definitely play a big part in the topic today, because that's, you know, very current in people's minds. I also wanted to look at isolation in a very, like, different light. So, you know, self-isolation, as in, like, you're isolating yourself from other people. Um, Mental isolation, where, you know, you kind of, you're physically there and you're interacting with people, but you've kind of mentally pulled back. And you don't really let anybody in past that kind of mental barrier or wall. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, some actual just, like, true isolation, like solitary confinement stuff. Uh, I know Jack has done some research into isolation as a topic as well. And so I'm kind of excited just to jump into it. Um, And Jack, I'll pass it to you. What? Okay. When you're going through isolation, I'll give you a starting point here. When you're going through your research, what is something that like popped up to you that you're like, man, I want to talk about this. Like, this is something I want to bring forward that I found. Uh, so, I mean, there's a couple of cool like little factoids I, I found that were pretty interesting. Like, you know, <laughs> who's technically been in the most isolation uh, as far as we know. And it's different because when I was doing my research, there's isolation, solitude, loneliness. Like there are different levels of isolation. And then you get yeah. it down to the nitty gritty of like there's emotional isolation, you know, so there's a lot of like it's a very complex subject to actually tackle. But it was interesting is that almost every single person has felt isolated at some point because loneliness and solitude are t- not the same as isolation. Yeah. They're two different things. So, yeah, I definitely can I, if I can give some definitions here. Go solitude is the state of being alone, plain and simple. You know, isolation is the lack of social relationships or emotional support. Mm. And loneliness is craving for social contact, um, often linked to feelings of sadness and emptiness. So, you know, you kind of got some close definitions, but they're pretty distinct when you get down into them. So, mm. yeah, I mean, if if I can just jump into some of these, I just want to get these stories yeah, out of the way because these are interesting. So, yeah. I'm just going to read kind of verbatim what I have written down. Hey, Ellie, can you not play with your toys right there, please? <laughs> um, so, there have been many events of isolation in the past. Some were of unnamed Polynesian explorers who got lost exploring the Pacific Ocean. Which is oh pretty can terrifying. You imagine? Like, because back, uh, I forget, I didn't write down yeah. the year. But so there are these neighboring islands down by, you know, Indonesia and you know, kind of up uh, above Australia, New Zealand, around that whole kind of area. When they were discovering these islands, there's a few here and there, but then a lot of cases, you probably just went in between them. Right. And, you know, who knows if they, who knows if they found anything. But so that's a case of kind of unknown isolation that we have records of. Uh, there's also the six astronauts who stayed orbiting the moon during the Apollo missions, their names, because yeah. I feel like they never get credit. Mike Collins, Dick Gordon, Stu Rosa, Al Warden, Ken Mattingly, and Ron Evans. So just for some explanation here, these are the guys who they dropped off the people to actually walk on the moon. And then while they were doing their moon stuff, you know, jumping around, having fun, collecting rocks or whatever. <laughs> their moon stuff. They went back. They were in orbit. <laughs> Yeah. And so they would go to the dark side of the moon, which is about, you know, shoot, like 
couple thousand miles away from where they dropped off the people on the moon. And once they hit that dark side of the moon, radio waves no longer reach them. So it's just interesting silence. And just it's yeah. just them. So they're technically the most isolated, lonely anyone's ever been, you know, mm. through technicality. Interesting. Uh, then there is the I have two more. The French mariner Pierre Francois Pierron and his crew wrote that he was marooned on an island between so they were marooned on an island for three years between seventeen ninety two okay. and ninety five. Uh Miron, in which uh in his journals he describes his experiences were that were published in a limited edition, which is now an expensive collector's item. But it wasn't as far as the astronauts. But he and his crew were just on this island for three years. Right. You know, stranded wow. for whatever reason. This one is of a British explorer named uh, Robert Falcon Scott. And from 1911 to January 12th, he and his crew were getting to the center of Antarctica. They're trying to be the first ones. But they're beaten by the Norwegian explorer team and so they had to walk the hundreds of kilometers to there only to discover that the norwegians had gotten there 30 days earlier and so then they had to walk back one of one of the guys on the way back got frostbite on his foot and from his own volition left the group not to not slow them down just walking away into the white horizon what, uh and then die yeah just so he wouldn't slow him down wow and then okay all of them ended up dying Sadly, just due to cold and whatever else, and he—they assume he was the last one to die. The actual leader of the exp- of the explorers, the closest city to them, other than the other explorers, on the on Antarctica was New Zealand. So mm, okay. that's a horrible way to go. So I just want to yeah. kind of bring up those. Those are kind of some experiences of kind of solitude, isolation, and loneliness. Kind of a little bit of everything, right? Uh, so I just kind of want to give an overview of experiences that people probably didn't know about, or if you did, a little bit of a refresher. Hopefully I didn't butcher it. And so now we can kind of get into more of the, you know, levels of isolation that I feel like more people experience, which is emotional isolation. And before I kind of continue on about that, Charlie, do you want to take off anything? Do you got anything you want to add or say? Yeah, no, definitely. So what's so interesting, I think, about, all of those stories. And I think the one that sticks out the most to me is the astronauts on the dark side of the moon. You know, as we, as a, this humanity are pushing forward into space, that isolation is something that we're really going to have to deal with and kind of be okay with because right now, I mean, what you're looking at months travel to Mars and getting, and it's not just, I mean, you know, there's being stranded on an island, which I'm sure is equally as terrifying, especially the farther back you rewind the clock of history, you know? But well said. Exactly. I mean, but <laughs> if you want to talk about, like, such a far away and kind of, like, cosmic horror, I mean, if you get trapped, I mean, look at the Martian. I mean, people who get, get trapped on these planets far away or trapped in a ship that loses power or like i mean you're looking at like missions where people are gonna have to be okay with dying you know what i mean which is insane to me that you know we're going almost full circle when it comes to like exploration because most of our world you know is explored now i mean give or take you know deep underwater areas and 
you know, mountains or isolated, just random bits in the forest. But we understand our world and, you know, we understand how that works. But, you know, what if we were to land on Venus or Mars or what some of the other planets? I mean, you're getting to a point where you don't know how the weather works. You don't know what the planet is like. I mean, in a lot of these planets, I mean, you're looking at like no man's sky planets where it's just desolate, nothing, you know, for every, everywhere, you know, the moon, it's mm-hmm. not like on the moon, you're going to find some like hidden cache of resource or some sign that people have been there before other than other landings, but there's just nothing. And so yeah. that kind of cosmic, uh, that kind of explorer mentality of like pushing into the unknown, despite such great risk, that kind of stuff is very appealing to me. And definitely something I think calls, I don't know, almost calls to me in such a way, like that idea of a dangerous journey or a dangerous adventure, <clears throat> excuse me, into the mm-hmm. unknown. So that's what stuck out to me the most about that, Jack. I mean, I'll let you go ahead and continue with some of your other notes, but uh, yeah, that, that, I don't know, intrigues me. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of when you think about it, space exploration is not that far removed from just yeah like you said our planetary exploration i mean there are times when you know hey i'm gonna go sail off into this because if you've ever been to the ocean you stand on like you know the sand the beach and you're looking and all you see is nothing but blue you know yeah of the sky and the ocean whatever and it's who was like the first guy to stand there and be like i'm gonna go out there Bro, I'm just going to see what's out there and having no idea if he's going to reach anything. Just it's almost like, you know, we as a species are kind of made to have these ideas that we can't help but expand on and explore. Right. You know, right. I feel like that's one thing that sets humans apart from any of our other ancient ancestors is that we have the ability to be like, hey, there's something more than this and we're going to figure out how to get there. Right. I think that's always been something very interesting about us as a species. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I like isolation is something that I think we can all kind of relate to during the COVID pandemic, especially it's, you know, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to always be having someone to come home to after work, you know, yeah. uh, like yeah. with Laura and Ellie and, you know, you and Kate. And then, so, but there are people who didn't have anyone to come home to. And I can't imagine how rough that was. You know, because right. you can't really interact with people uh, the way you used to. And you get home and you're supposed to just to stay home. And yeah. that that's that was that was a rough time. And so there's a couple of different levels of isolation that we all felt during that. And, you know, so some of them were personal choices prior to the pandemic, staying home all day. Personal choice, but some people did do that because they just felt more comfortable there. Right. Um having headphones and when you go to the store is a level of isolation mm-hmm. because for me personally, I like kind of being in my own world when I go out into the actual world because it helps mm-hmm. me just be centered. Right. But I, I don't have a problem with like headphones off, you know, having, I don't have that problem, but if I know I'm not going to talk to anyone, I'm just going to be in my own thoughts for a little bit. You know, it's kind of nice. Well, and to interrupt, Jack, I mean, yeah, that comes down to, I think, like, a very base, you know, 
you know, 50-50 coin flip of, well, it's not 50-50, but like, you know, introverted and extroverted people. So like most of the people in our family are pretty introverted. You know what I mean? Like even you and like, I would say like some of our younger brothers um, that do hang out and are more extroverted, I still think ultimately, you know, we're all pretty introverted people. And so there's definitely an appeal I wouldn't say not to loneliness or isolation, but to solitude. And oh, yeah. what I think, you know, both you and I have such a good grasp on is how those lines can blur, how the need to be alone can sometimes turn into, oh, hey, I'm lonely in a crowded room. I mean, to be, you know, cliche or to, you know, use a cliche, but yeah. uh, there's got to be a you know, there's a uh, forgetting, but yeah, there's like definitely an aspect of that as well. Like that idea of wanting to be alone in your own world. I mean, as somebody who writes, that's what I'm doing most of the time. Like it's just me, you know, yeah. but uh, I wonder how much of it, you know, and I do would, I would love to do some deep kind of research into that idea of introversion and extroversion like why why some people are wired that way and you know i don't yeah. know if there would be necessarily a definite answer but or a um, correlation or like a correlation because yeah like you know it's just like i can imagine not to say not to be like a uh, political and or bring up politics but like i imagine being president is extremely isolating you know being president is probably extremely isolating you know being in a position of power is probably extremely isolating unless you have the personality type to kind of cope with that or cope with it in your own way and so it's it's, Mm -hmm. it is interesting how that bar like some people can stay be at home for four hours and be like oh my god i need to get out of here I need to see somebody. I need to go out and me. I'm like, dude, I'll stay home all day. No problem. I mean, at least four days off I had, like, I've just been like a homebody and just been (laughs) doing nothing and it's been great. Yeah. You know, like I could probably take another four days of it and I would be fine. Um, so it's, it's interesting that people have different limits with it as well. Like it's definitely not like a, you know, one size fits all. Like some people might go, and stand at the top of Mount Everest by themselves and feel, you know, empowered by the solitude. And some people might go up there and be like, this makes me feel so small and insignificant and unimportant. And I hate it. And both of those are valid responses. I mean, how could you hold that against anybody? It's it's interesting because humans at at our core, we are very social. If you ever watch anything about humans and anything, they'll all, they're always going to say humans are very social animals, which we are like, it is so difficult for us to develop unless we have some kind of social structure mm-hmm. yeah. and the people who, you know, don't have, you know, a lot of friends or whatever tend to kind of be more isolated and which isn't a bad thing because again, we're social creatures. So you cannot have friends like in middle school or high school, but Hey, you go to college, boom, you meet the right person friends whatever you know we're able to adapt very quickly as well but yeah some people also adapt to having that lack of friends or social structures so yeah you know there's a difference between 
I feel like it being a choice because some people can deal with the choice being like, I want to be alone. I don't mind being alone. If I need some kind of social interaction, I can go to the store, talk to the cashier I'm checking out. I can have a conversation with someone as I'm, you know, sitting on the bench at the park or something. You know, like some people have lots of ways to cope. Um, However, when it isn't really a choice is when isolation occurs because of anxieties or abandonment or something that happened in their life that was very, you know, altering. So Mm -hmm. that kind of leads into emotional isolation, which when I was reading about emotional isolation, it kind of was weird because I felt in a way I am emotionally isolated because whenever I get into any kind of, not any, but some stressful situations or high, you know, situations where there is a uh, like very high emotion, I feel myself like start to shut down emotionally. Mm. And what I'm doing a research, you know, this kind of stuff can occur during difficult times in a person's life, often used as a defense mechanism. A person can be isolated even if they have a social structure because everything is very superficial to them. Mm. And that's something, you know, because I remember a time when I was really into things like and it was a it was a passion or whatever. But now it's hard for me to not be anything but superficial, you know, not not with everything or everyone. But, you know, it's hard for me to get super excited about stuff anymore. It's hard for me to become emotionally invested in you know relationships it's 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 a weird thing that a lot of people feel though so i got got a little bit of a story for you yeah give me give me give me a, give me a give story me, give, give me a little bit of a story give me give me a story <laughs> um, i was kind of rambling there and i apologize no 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 no. you're fine you actually i mean you're rambling uh unlocked a memory for me so to be honest jack i really feel like for a period of man three and a half almost four years I was a lot like that. And really this coincided with me going to school, you know, going to school at the time, like we had, I was kind of getting away from difficult situations at home, situations that Jack had to stay there and deal with, you know, so we won't go into details. Things are better, you know, much better now, but um, going into a public states college, um, didn't have a job lined up, was a transfer. I had done some classes, you know, I did a community college, Um, but I was really only going to college because I felt like I had to, because, you know, everybody was like, Hey, if you don't go to college, your life is going to be ruined. Your life is going to suck. If you don't go to college, you know, ABC, whatever. Um, and in some ways I think that as a defense, I did exactly what you did. I kind of, everything became superficial to me because all that really mattered was, Hey, I need to work and make enough money so I can actually live here and buy food. Mm -hmm. Like, Ultimately, that was all that mattered because, you know, why, why does, you know, why does learning about some abstract concept or putting time and effort into, you know, some kind of social event, I could be working and I could be making money. So why would I do anything else? And, uh, yeah, I very quickly fell into that trap where, you know, I would see all these people who had much better you know, starting platforms than I did. They, you know, got a head start. And so they had, they could, didn't have to work or their parents could pay. In no way I'm saying if that was your situation, um, 
and you gained a lot from it and you're like, wow, he's really hating on college life. No, I'm not hating on that at all, but this is just how I felt at the time. Um, you know, so coming out of that, you know, I, I'll give you like a specific example. So like, for example, like I watched the movie Ponyo for the first time in college, right? Ponyo. Let me tell you what, I hated, <laughs> I hated Ponyo. I'll be honest. I did. And I was like, you know, like it wasn't serious enough. It didn't, wasn't deep enough, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think very much like how you were saying earlier, it was a defense mechanism. I didn't want to let myself like anything because if I didn't let myself like anything, I wouldn't ever be disappointed by anything. Yeah. But I think with over, you know, when I came back and kind of gotten back into life here and definitely over the last guy, I would say, you know, three and a half, four years being back in Tulsa, I've really been able to kind of like open back up and actually be excited for things. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about the Marvel stuff. I mean, Loki finale, I was hyped for it. I mean, I'm hyped for the Dead Space remake. You know, I, I'm i excited about exploring new things and, you know, rewatching movies. Like Kate and I, you know, we watched when Disney Plus first came out, you know, we were going through all the old animated movies. We watched, you know, all the Studio Ghibli movies when they came out on HBO Max. And, you know, I watched Ponyo again and I'm like, this movie is great. Like, why did I hate this movie? Like, what 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 kind of mm-hmm. like jaded bastard was I to like just be like, oh yeah, man, like, this it's is a, a kid. It's, it's a very kids studio Ghibli movie, and so but like it's very yeah. sweet, and like the message in it's really good. It's a beautiful movie. Like, it just yeah. it makes you feel good like to watch it. And Ellie loves that movie. It's sad that like at, there was a point in my life where I looked at that and I was like. Man, because this is a kids' movie, and because it doesn't have deep or dark themes, at least on the surface, I think there are some kind of deep themes in there. But uh, you know, I just dismissed it. I was like, no, this is pointless. Just like I dismissed my classes, and just like I dismissed things that I felt like weren't important. And so I totally get where you're coming from. And I think, you know, it's all about ultimately getting to know yourself more. And that's what I feel like. I've really been trying to do since, you know, since college is trying to figure out myself more because ultimately when it comes down to it, if I know myself really well, then I can make better decisions about things I need to do. And it's not just, Oh, Hey, I'm going to go to college because everybody else told me it's like, no, I'm going to go to college because this is my plan and this is what I want to do. And I need to make the decision for myself and it can't be influenced by this outside information and so i totally i totally feel that like not being excited thing you know but that is i will say for me that has changed recently like i definitely am getting hyped for stuff and i'm excited for things and i mean this podcast honestly has helped me a lot in that same respect i mean you know coming up with these ideas like wanting to talk about something nebulous like isolation i mean I would not have had the confidence to do that when we first started the podcast. We were talking about childhood memories, you know, but I can see the through line now of like, okay, Charlie, you really like talking about those nebulous kind of emotional, I don't know, quagmire topics. So, uh, you know, sorry to hijack your story there, but that's kind of just what it made me think of, you know, that no, the way that like I I isolated to such an extent that I hated Ponyo. Like, really? Like, (laughs) (laughs) really? That's what I did. Anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of just where I was going with that is, you know, 
like you said, you know, you've kind of worked through it. I feel like I've worked through a lot of, you know, emotional isolation and disconnect that I used to have. There's still some of it that I'm working on. And if I find myself in those moments where, because I can tell when I'm shutting off. And so, you know, I try to really identify that and then prevent it actually happening or at least all the way because it's just, it's this weird like it's 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 hard to describe because it's almost like there's someone sitting there like trying to turn a switch you know like on off but like you can kind of feel them struggling to do it cuz they don't really want to but they're like I I should though because right this is what we used to do all the time but you know and so there's more of a struggle than it's just like, yep, yeah, I'm like, I'm in, de- I'm in defensive mode now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, but <clears throat> that's like isolation plays into so many different aspects of our life. And I, f- this is just a, a, a guess. I don't really know, but it almost seems like the more sure of yourself you are, the more you can adapt to isolation because you know it excites you you know you know what to do when you get bored you know how to entertain yourself you can Mm. find out new things to do because you know yourself uh and the people that struggle with it more so are people that haven't found themselves as much yet is is i don't know if it's actually true but it seems like something that would correlate in in my opinion so i mean you look at in the pandemic i know it it's, it's sad but usage of prescription drugs went up alcohol rates went up um physical abuse went up in like relationships and stuff like that and that kind of stuff is horrible and it's just a lot of people don't know what to do when isolation just you know happens or you know i can't you know i don't drink but like man i can't go to the bar and drink with my friends five nights out of the week man i guess i'll just drink twice as much and at home you know so right. it's you know things are just it was just, they weren't good for a while there uh mm-hmm. and i think there's still a lot of recovering from that so yeah. especially with i believe the the millennial generation it's just we're kind of a generation that really struggles with you know we're a generation that needs a lot of therapy we need <laughs> we have a lot of coping mechanisms that aren't I, good uh, um, you know it's funny i um i was joking with kate and i was saying you know like so boomers so like the generation right above us i feel like a default boomer response is to get angry with something now of course i am in no way (laughs) trying to blanket label an entire group of people i'm just saying as like the general theme but millennials tend to be much more whiny and like they really think about things almost to a detriment i would say because there are some times where you need to stop thinking about something and like go and just do something else and that'll help you know what i mean and so like yeah. i see that weird tug of like that social tug of war where millennials are like no like i my life sucks and i can't deal with it and then boomers being like hey just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and uh just get pick yourself up and you know have have a drink and you and, know and-, and it's like well the realistic answer is yeah. both you know, like, I'm sorry that that's a complicated <laughs> answer, but it's kind of both. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is really complicated. Yeah. It's not just and like the simple I, one size fits all thing. That it's very strange. I, oh, God, man, Jack, this I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you speak in a second. But like, 
talking about like this like isolation of social media as well i mean that's such a big Ooh, yeah how it's not really social technically that's such a big thing that is both very positive for people and then very negative for people you know like yeah there are people who meet you know who meet the person they're going to marry online but then there are people who see everything online and they're like man my life sucks you know and social media just isolates them more and more and it's so addictive as well and there are people that seem to feed from that and then there's some people that seem to like it just sucks them you know it just like sucks them dry of like anything and so man that i feel like the social media topic is definitely a topic i'd like to do maybe in this run but uh yeah i think that'd be a really long episode (laughs) i know it's gonna bring up some more social media stuff but we'll wait everybody out there if you'd like yeah i I think an episode about social media let us know and i would love to do one that'd be great yeah i mean i'll you know when because even though you know a lot of what you see on social media isn't reality there's still that underlying thought you have of but they're able to present this you know extravagant whatever and it kind of sucks when you look around and you're like man i don't have anything extravagant that i could even pretend is going super well for me you know what i mean mm. and so it it's i don't know social media it's it's more so just media now and a lot of people get stuck in their own echo chambers mm. And their own rabbit holes of whatever they want to go down, good or bad. So, say you're on Twitter. uh, Oh, I just use Twitter to you know to tweet when I go live because I stream or to keep you know keep in touch with some friends or see how they're doing. But also, I like seeing the political discourse uh, that's incredibly one-sided and you know divisive. So. I don't know if you ever go down like a political discourse on Twitter, it's like the worst rabbit hole you can it go is, down because yeah. you'll it's just bad. keep getting more and more angry at how stupid so many people <laughs> are. Um, so, I mean, but I, I just want to say like, you know, isolation is also like a really interesting topic to, I think humans in general, because so many of our movies, our games, you, you our books are about, Oh, isolation beautiful what a beautiful we can bring up yet again back. yet again dead space oh i Easy got one i got you one better i got you one better. the last of us shadow of the colossus oh i got so if we're talking about oh, okay. isolation in games <laughs> like the that was and, more about solitude though well isolation and solitude <laughs> and loneliness like all wrapped into one like you said jack i think it's a very captivating topic for people and it's because it's such a I believe natural and kind of like fundamental thing that people feel, you know what I mean? I mean, we can talk about how like you can feel lonely anywhere. You can feel isolated anywhere. You can have the joy of solitude anywhere. You know what I mean? You can have the joy of solitude if you're on a crowded bus, having your headphones on and looking out the window, you know what I mean? But I mean, Mm -hmm. such fascination to an extent. I mean, Jack was listing them off earlier, but I believe kind of the winner in this is Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, that game is not to go too in depth about it, but you know, it's all about one person, your character, and you're trying to bring back a loved one. And to do this, you need to travel to this isolated, lonely land where there's nobody else except these huge colossi that you have to defeat in order to bring your loved one back 
And so it's you and your horse, and sometimes it's you talk to the god of this world who tells you to go kill the Colossi, you know. But that game was always so fascinating to me because in some ways you can kind of work through some of those feelings in like a safe and removed space. And, you know, what I love so much about that game is like these huge empty expanses where you see like a couple birds you maybe see a little lizard say that and it's just nothing and there's something about that for me personally that's not scary or not like doesn't make me feel small but like i love that like i love that open expanse you know i love i mean we're you can get into movies like blade runner blade runner 249 or arrival or you know it's a lot of these movies that have these big expansive things that try to make you feel small and make you feel like, you know, in some ways, everything that you're dealing with, every aspect of your life is nothing compared to what has been before. I know that in saying that, that sounds negative because you think, man, how (laughs) insignificant my life is. But for me, and this is, this might fly in the face of most people, but, I would love to hear if it kind of resonates with some others. But for me, I've always really enjoyed that kind of small, insignificant feeling. When you watch videos about the depths of space or how little we understand about like black holes or talking about like the Laniakea supercluster of galaxies. I mean, we're talking about spaces and concepts and things that are outweigh us by like you know, millions of orders of magnitude. And somehow, even though we are these tiny, insignificant people on one planet, we've been able to, like, observe and see and theorize about all this. And it reminds me of... And I'm sorry, Jack, I know I'm rambling on here, but I'll I'll give it back to you here in a second. No, go ahead. But it reminds me of... I watched this talk one time. Um, It was these two, like... Uh, God, we're getting a little religious here, but it's fine. I would love to do one of religion as well. Uh, but these two atheist guys, and they're talking about how, you know, a common response against atheism is, man, well, after you die, there's nothing. It isn't that horrifying, you know, or like your life is meaningless beyond what you do in life. And he said, you know, a response that really resonated with me was, you know, it's fascinating because yes, in some ways that's true, you know, if there is nothing out there, you just die when you die and that's it. But then also you have to take into context, like we live in an age to where like we've mapped out like human genomes and DNA and we can see so far into space and, you know, we have history at our fingertips. We, you know, and it's all these things that make you appreciate that like life, yes, is always going to be keep moving on. And like, I think the best way to be a part of it is to enjoy it and not fear so much what comes after. Because ultimately, like, you will have a better and healthy and happy life if you treat people in healthy and happy ways. You know what I mean? And so like, this idea that you're so insignificant is almost kind of refreshing because that takes some of the pressure off you to like have to accomplish so much i mean if you think back to history jack like we know the names of like roman emperors and dictators but like how many 
billions of people that we have no idea what they did. They could have had amazing lives and that was just for them. And that's kind of beautiful in a way. You know what I mean? There's kind of like a very, yeah, I don't know, like a tug of war of emotion with that because it's like, yes, it's so sad that like nobody remembers them, but like ultimately like what is going to be remembered and those who do remember it is important to them and them alone. And like, I don't know. There's something that's like kind of comforting about that to me. And I don't know why I've always kind of thought about that. And I'm like, that's weird that like, you know, I don't feel insignificant or that feeling of insignificance is almost kind of reassuring to me because that means that like, man, as much as I could do in my life, life is just this force that is like constantly pushing forward from our perspective, you know, and I can't do anything about that. I can't. Like, there is nothing I can do, you know? And so, like, in some ways, it's reassuring. I don't know. Does, does that resonate with you, Jack, or does that just sound like nonsense to you? No, I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I've, I believe that you and I think in a few pretty similar ways, and this is probably one of those topics where, you know, knowing that my life is probably pretty ex- in, insignificant in the grand scheme, grand scheme of things, sorry, English, um, is is like totally fine because something I always remember when you talk about these amazing emperors or kings or leaders is that you know history is always written by the victors. It's never you never hear the stories of people who who lost, or if you do, you hear that they lost, and that's all you hear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's but those are so there's so much that went on that we have no idea about. Mm-hmm. And so you can almost take comfort in the fact that I'm part of that history that more than likely no one's going to really know about, but I'm, I'm the one who kind of, you know, we're part of that, the huge gear that keeps things yeah. moving. And so, and it, you know, that's, yeah, it's a feeling I think we all feel, but we all have come to terms in their own ways. Either it be, you know, you find comfort in, Hey, that the giant gear is actually, you know, the religion I follow, or it's, you know, it's personal fulfillment, or it's the mark I leave on the earth if I can leave a mark. Right. Which is becoming more and more difficult because, you know, you can't really go out and conquer a nation anymore. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? No, you're not so you're not in that age where you could like just take what you want anymore. I mean, you could, but yeah. you go to jail. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, and I'd rather be known for something that I'm passionate for than something I get viral for, especially. Yeah. No, I that. Do you know what oh, I mean? That is such a good way to put it. Like, I would much rather be remembered by my friends and family and loved ones than I would be remembered by three million people for something I did one time. You know what I mean? Because those people don't know me. They know the one thing I did. You know. Uh, but. The people who love yeah. me. Hey, isn't the guy who person. drops four Starbucks drinks? Right, right. You know what I mean? He was handing like... him out. We caught him on TikTok. <laughs> Here's your drink, ma'am. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it. It's I guess in some ways there's like a, maybe a little bit of bias on my part because I really – and I, I guess it's maybe sad and maybe where – some people that do know me, especially like family members and stuff might be upset to hear this, but you know, I 
truthfully don't believe that there is anything else out there, you know. And if there is, like, my kind of view on it, it's like, hey, we don't know how time works. Like, we see time from one perspective, but time really could be something just as twisty and weird as the 3D world is to somebody who is only 2D. You know what I mean? So we don't understand. And I'm fine with that because that drive to understand bringing this all the way back to that explorer feel is almost it's a very similar feeling i mean there's a very there's a good futurama episode about it where eventually they discover everything that's too to be discovered and professor farnsworth is like what's the point of living anymore like we we did it yeah you got 100 <laughs> percent you know what i mean it's how yeah. why would you play why would you play a game that you've done everything in and that's a very weird response you know like you know, there's this idea of like, you know, like with you and Minecraft, Jack, for example, it's like, you feel like you've done what Minecraft has to offer for you. Why would you go back and play it to get the trophies, to get the achievements? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why are you playing Skyrim again? <laughs> oh, because, hey, you can get the trophies and achievements. So there are things to do. You, you, you called it. And so like, there's definitely a very, I don't know, parallel feeling with, hey, the existential the thoughts, the emotional, the human side of existence that we still have to work on. I mean, we as human beings are like still murdering each other, you know, by the millions and hurting each other. And those are the things I'm more concerned about in life more so than my everlasting soul. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's like, I know I yeah. can be a good person and I can be, you know, a good boyfriend or in a good relationship um, or a good brother, you know, and I have, I can see where there's room for improvement, you know, communication, you know, I could be more communicative. I could be more open and I could be more like, Oh no, that doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? But those are the things that concern me and not so much this idea that like, Hey, I need to fill this notebook of stuff that when I go, I can show and say, Hey, I showed faith here. I know it feels like I'm hating on people who have religion, but what I'm saying is that's how different, and I'll wrap it all back around and hand it back to you, Jack, but that's how different isolation is because there could be a person of faith in my position who feels incredibly isolated because they don't have that link to their faith. And that is horrible. But for me personally, it's kind of fulfilling. You know what I mean? And I would feel isolated if I was following a faith I didn't believe in because I didn't believe in it. So, and I have in my life and in the world we live in, I'm free to do that. And I am so grateful because there are places in the world where if I didn't believe, I could just be killed. And it's like, so I have to be thankful for like what I have here and, you know, put everything through that lens. And ultimately, you know, where I am in life right now is not isolating and I, and it's not lonely. And so it's like, that's all I can ask for. No, yeah. So I mean, that that's why like the human experience is so unique to everybody, and but at the same time, it's also very similar because everyone at some point has felt, you know, all the emotions everyone else has has felt, but at different levels and different circumstances. And there's just something about us where, hey, yeah, you know, when I was six years old. My brother, you know, kicked my, well, I was probably like 10. 
you know, my brother kicked my teeth out on the trampoline and I bled everywhere, but it was funny the next day, you know, and that's a funny memory. Or there are some people that get that and that becomes like, in a sense, like a repressed memory. Like that was very scarring and I haven't been on trampoline since then. And anytime I went to a friend's birthday party and they're like, hey, let's jump on the trampoline. I was like, nah, I can't because, right. you know, of whatever. And so I think when you, when we're talking about stuff like isolation, it's it's important to note that for each person, isolation, even though there's a definition, you know, yeah. to each person is defined differently, Yeah, if that makes sense. And some people define it by, hey, well, your isolation is what you're saying, you know, not having found, you know, religion or, you know, anything like that. Or, you know, isolation to them is not knowing what's going to happen after. Where some people, it's kind of freeing. You know, knowing that I don't know if there's anything that's going to happen after I die, but I'm going to live my life as if when I die, that's it. And so I'm going to work on what I have here now. And so in your case, it's freeing. Other people, they find it very scary. And, you know, it's something that they, you know, fear for their entire life. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing that I'm glad our parents were kind of, you know, we're fortunate to where they, our parents are religious, but they never forced it upon us, really. Yeah. You know, we went to church when we were, like, young kids. Yeah. But, you know, I remember my mom specifically saying, our mom, she was like, Jack, you know, <laughs> my mom specifically, she likes me more. <laughs> you know, she was like, Jack, like, I, you know, I know that you haven't necessarily, you know, found the Lord yet, but, you know, when he, you know, when it's the right time for him to present himself to you or the right time for you to find him, I'm sure you will. And I was like, you know, that's, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I can agree with that. Like, if if he does exist and there is a right time and place for him to be in my life, I'm open to that, you know. But until that point, I'm not just going to blindly believe something just to kind of save face. Do you know what I right. mean? Yeah. And of course, and so, sorry, go ahead. I know we're kind of getting off the topic of isolation a little bit, but it, at the same time, we're not because it's a very encompassing topic because yeah. you can feel it in so many different ways and aspects of your life. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure where to no, go from no, that if you want to kind of yeah, take over. So, I know you've been doing a lot of talking, but I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to still like formulate these ideas as they, because it's, a, it is a very intense topic and I did do a lot of research for it. Right. But it's just an intense topic once you get into it. No, it is. And so I think what I would like to take it now is we've talked a lot about a really a bunch of stuff tangenting away from the main theme of isolation, but kind of always circling back because as we said, and you know, I think as you said, Jack, like part of the human experience is being isolated and you can't escape that, you know, like just as you know, there are so many things like sadly, like, love and kindness is not always a part of the human experience for people but isolation is and it's so interesting that isolation solitude loneliness that we have all these different words that can be positive and negative for people you know what i mean and so i think yeah as i'd like to do kind of round us out here we can still go for a little bit longer but um as i kind of round it out like jack i'd like to know like what is the time that you felt isolated and what helped you come out of it you know what was the source of this isolation and what kind of brought you out of it? You know, I would I would love to hear about a time like that. Uh, it was probably back, you know, a couple years ago 
when, uh, you know, with well, my ex-girlfriend back when I went and lived back. I was living at our parents' house for a while with our dog, Sonic. And but because I had to take him away from our complex for, you know, because they didn't allow his breed. And so I was at our house for a month. I was kind of taking care of everything there. And we had to give uh, our dog had to go away. You know, my girlfriend and I were, were broken up. And so she moved and I moved back into the, uh, the apartment. And I walk in and it's just trashed. I mean, I because, you know, she was, had some of the people there. Um, so, it, you know, there was just like trash everywhere. Dishes weren't done. Yada. And so I got home from work because that's when we clean banks. And so I got home from work and it was just, you know, like, well, you know, what do I what do I do? And, you know, it was like one in the morning and I just started cleaning up. And then I went back to her parents' house, grabbed my, you know, computer, PlayStation, whatever. And I still had to clean up, but I set up that stuff. Because that was back when we had that big gray van. Remember the gray van? Uh-huh. Love driving that car because I just like driving the van. But, you know, took all stuff out of the van, set up in the corner by the kitchen, you know, hooked up the computer. I turned on some... Sips, I think he was playing some game. Sips is a YouTuber that we watched. He might have been playing Prison Architect. Turned that on YouTube. And then I just turned on the PlayStation. And, you know, I felt very alone for the entirety of the time until I turned on the game. And I just kind of just started playing. I was like, like, there's a sense of normalcy. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm, I'm able to, like, center. Because before, I could feel myself kind of, like, losing myself and just wanting to give into like this sucks i'm not gonna recover from this and i don't want to go to work anymore i don't want to see family i just want to deal with this by myself but as i kind of started to get back into you know the that the sorry you know the headspace of no keep going everyone has to keep going i you know was like all right i'm gonna get this going I think I started playing on my phone, actually. You know, the YouTube video. Yeah. I set that down aside, cleaned for a little bit. And then after I cleaned, I then got on the PlayStation. And I don't know what I started playing. I don't remember. But that kind of helped bring me back down to a sense of normalcy. And so for me, that's one of the things that I kind of go to to always kind of relax or take it easy or center myself. It's just games in general. Right. Because... While they are games, they are so important to me, and they've always kind of, you know, helped me just take it easy. Yeah. Because it's something I'm very familiar with, and or even just like editing videos or whatever, just kind of being in a creative space or place that I can, you know, in a sense, turn my brain off a little bit. Right. That's always super nice. You know, and so I like places that I'm able to escape to with my imagination or be stimulated by via video game. Right. Because, uh, you know, I don't drink. I don't I don't do anything. And so I, I never, I've never drank my problems away. And I've always kind of faced everything very head on. Right. And so that's that's a good grounding mechanism for yeah. me. So that was one of my personal things where I felt very isolated. And I figured out that I can bring myself back from these like kind of very much darker feelings by doing something that I've kind of always had in my life because when I play games, it reminds me of when you and I play games, when right. I play games with my friends and family, when 
you know, when I stream or interact with people or just, hey, I just need to get some trophies or this game I haven't played in a while, feel like jumping back into it, feeling nostalgia, whatever. Like there's always something there to kind of, you know, ground me in a way. So yeah, yeah. there's, there's that story. You know, I think for me, I, the, the worst isolation I think I felt, I was not through COVID because at that point I think I had kind of changed my, the way I thought about things and, um, I had a lot more like positive things in my life. And like when we were first isolating, I was like overwhelmed with work and work was really dumb. And then, you know, we got the message, Hey, you're going home for what, two, three weeks. And around that time, I believe Kate was also sent home. And so like my isolation started really positively (laughs) where I was like, Oh, thank God I get a break and I'm getting paid for it. And like, I feel like I can like recapture my life (laughs) a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, but I think the worst for me was when I was managing at the my like management job when I was managing a store within the downtown library, and that was a weird one because I think what isolated me was how I felt that everything that happened at that job was so important, you know. So hey, your team isn't working out. This is a mark against you. This is this job is how you're going to define your life going forward. This job is going to set the stage for you making more money, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so mm-hmm. that was my mindset going into the job. And as the job went further and further and I worked more and more, I just felt myself closing off and becoming empty because I was like, the only thing that matters is the job. Very similar to when I was in college, right? Like that very similar feeling of like, you know, and of course, you know, I, I'm not entirely like innocent in this. Like I could have like said more or stuff, but you know, I was just so in my head. And I think what helped me come out of that and kind of break out of that mold is I told myself, you know, like this job and work and money, yes, jobs and work and money are important and I don't want to sound like I'm saying that they're not but those things for some people they find what they want to do right away right and either through circumstance luck hard work whatever it is they're in and they're good you know but that's not the way it worked for me and I had to tell myself like hey like ultimately like this is not that important you know like your health and mental well-being are more important than this job, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, go ahead. I just, if I can interject, I just remember, I remember you struggling a lot, especially the last couple yeah. months during yeah. that time. And I don't know if it's okay if I get, it's okay if I get a little personal. I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, at that time, you were drinking. Oh a lot. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I was like, I was like, like, yeah. The way just, you said yeah. that, I was like, I, I was, I was like, this is something I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, that's, that's no. Exactly so I remember, like, up. yeah. I remember like seeing that. And I was like, I, I was like, I need to talk to him, right? Like about this. Right. So I just oh no, yeah, like, that's yeah. I remember like that was a very dark yeah. time for you, especially. You know, and it's I guess it's kind of yeah. It's it's so funny looking back on that time because like I feel like I'm so much better now. 
Yeah, I, and I really don't mind talking about it. Like, yeah, like I, I mean, the only way I could cope at that point is I could drink my problems away. And I think that was a big difference, like with me, is that like I did fall into that vice. And like recently, as of what, January, like I kind of like cut myself off. And I've been like, I mean, I've had a couple drinks when people come over for D and D, and but like I haven't been like drunk since what last December, you know. And so it's like, I finally was able to break out of that. But my isolation is like that type of isolation where I don't have, I don't feel like, let me put it that way. I don't feel like I have the freedom of thought or the freedom of choice anymore, you know, and choice as in, Hey, I can approach this day with a positive mood when every day starts to blend together and become this kind of just miasma of like suffering. And you're like, I don't know how to get out, you know? And it's so funny, Jack. I mean... You're just kind of going through the motions of everything. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because, like, you know, we recently had this competition at work, and I participated, and I was talking to one of the district managers. No, I didn't. A little bummed out about it, to be oh. honest. I'm a little... Anyways, that's a whole other story. But... uh, It was rigged. I feel rigged. like it was a little rigged, yeah. Anyways, uh, but uh, the district manager, he's like, hey, when do you want to promote? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to. And I told him that. I was like, the only reason I would promote is to make a bigger paycheck. Like, I don't care about this job. And not because, you know, I do think that there's like an essence where like work will be work, you know? And even if work is something you love, you know, you'll always have this element of like, man, I don't want to do this. But here's the thing. One positive thing that's come out of all of this and, you know, I guess in an effort to move this conversation into more of a positive area rather than <laughs> so negative is that coming out of it, at least for me personally, I feel like it gave me excellent perspective because now I know what that, that what that middle management feeling is. And that is a horrible position to be in, you know, because I, and I, he, yeah. uh, the you know, our district manager was like, well, how do you make at the library? And I was like, I think I made, what, 35000 a year, you know? And he goes, oh, I could pay you more than that. And, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'd love to sit down with you and kind of pick your brain sometimes. But I didn't say yes, or I didn't say I was interested. Because here's the thing. It's his mm-hmm. job to promote people and make more managers so he can be look better for him. And even if he were to say, hey, listen, you could only work – you only have to work 40 hours. You'd only do the blah, blah, blah. I still wouldn't want to do it. And you know why? It's because I realized, like, what is the most isolating for me is when I have to be responsible for things that I don't care about. That, like, drags me down. And, like, having to be responsible to, like, fill gaps in the team or to, like, find coverage or to do this or to do that. And when really all I want to do is just have a moment to breathe, but I can't get that. Every time our manager leaves, Jack, she's always like, Hey guys, I go, go on vacation for a week, but you guys can contact me anytime. When when she says that, Jack, I'm like, if that was me, I would be like, hey, I'm going on vacation. I don't want to hear anything. Like, don't talk. Don't, unless the store burns to the ground, I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, and I just yeah. realized that, like, I, that is my, that's a personality thing. Like, I cannot, like, it is not intriguing or a challenge to me to do this and i am not gonna buy into like this lifestyle you know i'm not gonna buy into this lifestyle it's gonna isolate me so i can make more money you know and be unhappy again 
Like, yeah. and you know, it's a back and forth and it's a balance because would it be the same as last time? No, of course not. Like, I have a much different perspective and I have a much stronger voice than I did last time. Much more knowledge. Knowledge. But, uh, you know, knowledge. it's one of those things where it's like, it's so freeing now and it's so, it helps with that feeling of loneliness now to like have the knowledge about it you know and that's one thing i think that's been so great about getting older is that now when i have bad days or bad days when i do feel lonely i can look at it and say hey it is not going to be like this tomorrow get a good night's sleep eat some food go easy on yourself today and approach tomorrow like it's going to be a new day but you know when you're younger like when you're a teenager and you're dealing with those feelings for the first time or you know the 10th time you're like my life is always going to suck it just is always going to. I mean, it's one of those things where when you break up when you're, yeah, you know, you break up with longer. your first girlfriend or boyfriend or partner or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm always going to be sad. Always. And then you're like years removed from it. And you're like, man, I remember that feeling like it was forever. But it's not. It's not, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, which is always. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my big takeaway is, you know, if you haven't already or you're not already really work on trying to find what makes you content and what makes you happy. Yeah. Cause I think that's a very important thing for people to, you know, learn and understand about themselves, but it, it is a hard it thing is. to find out. Like it's going to take some sacrifices. It is. You know? And that's, I think the perfect solution to kind of combat the negative aspects of isolation, loneliness, solitude is to find what you enjoy to do and i like you said jack like it's that's not an easy thing to do it's not an easy thing in the world we live in right now especially with covid and it's not an easy thing to do even before covid because so much of our like kind of approaching this from being isolated within society so much of our society is (laughs) i feel like the joker every time i say that we live in a society so much of society is uh you know hey you got the good job, you got the good car, you got the good house, got the good money. Ah, you must be the happy person, you know? But that's not true. It's not, you know? There are, you know, can we, let's look at, okay, Jeff Bezos. Do you think Jeff Bezos is like a happy man? He might be happy in some aspects, you know? But like, can, like he, you know, I don't think he's probably like the most content person. You know, I don't. I mean, because he also has millions of people. He's also on just him every a human being. Like every, you know what I mean? Like he's day. just a person. And so it's yeah. like, that's one of those things where, yeah, you have to ultimately come at it as what do you enjoy to do? And here's the thing. If you say, hey, you know what I enjoy to do is right now I enjoy, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy just going outside and going on a walk. And that's all I know right now. That's fine. Like that's, that is great. Do that because, and give yourself the time. Like, you know, I think often it feels so hard to be kind of in league with everyone else when you feel like everybody else is like four steps ahead of you. But I think what you have to realize is that nobody is really four steps. People are four steps ahead of you in certain aspects. You know, nobody like you might be a stronger person. You might be able to handle more than your friend who has the three-figure job you know what i mean but they have more money than you so it's all about 
perspective and being kind and giving yourself the time because you know we're always told like man life is so short and it is short you know we don't have that much time in the grand scheme of things but also life is really long i mean look back at your life five years ago and would you have ever thought you would be where you are and not just monetarily not just you know with you know what you possess but like mentally did you think you'd be here good or bad did you think you'd be here you know that's how much thing or look back at just a year like things change way more often than we think we do but often that change is hidden yeah and kind of the monotony you know it's one of those things where like you know jack if i if i become a famous author right i can look back on my life and i can say man i worked for a corporate company company for uh, nine years and the whole time I was writing, and finally I, I worked hard enough, and I became a famous author. And that could be my story. And that, it's a great-sounding story, right? It's the J.K. Rowling story of, hey, she's working her job, and she's writing Harry Potter in her spare time. But you have to realize that like, it's all perspective. Because what if J.K. Rowling never got published? What if nobody liked Harry Potter? You know? And yeah. it's like, see, so you just can't, you can't hold yourself to these like standards and ideals that no one else is actually holding you to except you because like you can isolate yourself by doing that. Like you can hold yourself back and hold back anything that like you might need to accomplish for yourself because you say, Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. You know, that's, I guess my, my kind of takeaway and kind of my final thoughts on isolation for now, even though I feel like I could say more. Yeah. I mean, I think we've said a lot that can be said about isolation and, like it is a very deep topic that you can't get into more of the you know the nitty gritty with it, but I think we've covered it pretty substantially as far as you know real life experiences have gone and just talking about our thoughts and examples of it and you know human life. There's been a lot that's we've covered a lot yeah. with this topic. I feel like, and I think it's also very kind of cathartic too. So yeah. And that's, um, you know, Jack, that's why I wanted to do this topic and more topics like this. Because ultimately, I I like talking about these nebulous things and kind of very much in the way that like childhood memories pulls from the whole pool of our childhood and how there's so many things that, you know, I will forget until you bring it up or I'll bring something up and it makes you remember that I think with these kind of more emotional topics, these more like up in the air, you can take them in any direction topics. I tend to like more because I feel like we can really talk more and everyone listening out there can hear our unique opinions and they can say, hey, that really resonates with me. Or, hey, Charlie's really stupid for saying that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's faster. I would love for somebody to say, hey, you know, when you said this, that didn't make oh, any yeah. sense. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no, it didn't. Because <laughs> I often, I'll be just be talking and I am stretching and i'm like hey how do i loop this back i, mean, I, I know i do isolation. i do very I've been talking about work. Uh, circular thinking sometimes <laughs> just kind of like make a point i kind of circle around a few times so I, i'm trying to get better at that though so and i feel like i have been you know getting better at that so it's just um you know i hope you guys enjoy this topic and hey chapter five is starting off with more thematic episodes so suggest to us themes we'll be releasing a poll up on patreon and all that good stuff so oh i also got to call out our discord i put in the discord 
Uh, let me check the exact oh, date I got right here. of the message. It's 23rd of July. <clears throat> yeah. So two days ago, I said, hey, everybody. This week's topic is a nebulous one of isolation. What comes to mind when you hear the word isolation? What realistic ideas? What abstract concepts? And nobody said anything. Um, Jack Henry? What in the yeah, world? Yeah, especially man? you, Jack. Yeah, Michael? Jack and Michael what especially. But more so Jack because, come on. Kate? You get a pass because you're not on the Discord, so that's okay. It's and fine. I live with you. Lily? Oh my gosh. All these people. I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm not I'm not trying to make you guys feel bad. Um But uh I would like going forward to kind of interact with you guys more and have conversations that we can kind of work into these topics. Yes. You know, it'd be nice to reference a thread of messages between us on Discord and say, Hey, you know, we were kind of talking about this and get it as more of a group effort because as much as Jack and I are making this podcast, I mean, we're making this podcast for you guys and I want you guys to be involved, especially these early patrons. So if you're listening to this and we're super popular, that time has passed. You can't be a part of this anymore. <laughs> Most likely you will be able to. So, you yeah. know, and get in while you can, while get you in, can. get on the early while adopters, man. Can. But that's all we got. Jack, that is chapter five. All I, all have. I have for episode what? <laughs> so I was stretching. <laughs> I was just trying to mimic what you were, whatever you were saying. So, everyone, everyone thank you thank so you much. So for... much. Oh my gosh, can't do it. No, go ahead. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Rack and Collection. This is the first episode of Chapter Five: Isolation. As always, we've been Jack and Charlie. If you like what we do, you heard at the top. You can support us on Patreon. You can follow us on Spotify. I believe we're going to start posting videos or uh, just audios um, to YouTube right now to try to expand our audience. Yep. Um, anyone out there who is really interested in what we do and loves what we do and like thinks, hey, I could help them with this or they're not doing this or it would be really cool if they did this, let us know. Like, Yes, please. Send us a message on Instagram. It, anything. like That would be so helpful and awesome to have more people involved. Definitely. But as we do, we're going to go ahead and pass it over to uh, Clumsy Titan, who I believe has a new sound for us. Has a new. Hey, we're not going to be sucked into the Matrix anymore. You guys heard it in the beginning. Matrix anymore. This time. <laughs> this time, we're getting lost in the music. In the sauce. Ah! <laughs> All right. Make sure, make sure the music comes in right there. So don't just like it. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye, buddy.